another episode of Stoke Meter, and I am so happy to have an old, another old friend, Jackie Madumine. Jackie, I, Jackie and I have known each other for, oh my goodness, it's got to be approaching two decades now when we work over at Citigroup, yes. and isn't that right? Something like that? Yes, 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 it's been that long, yes. And I've always been a fan of J- Jackie because she, uh, when I met her, she was very energetic, always has been, and it just has a fantastic story. And so I just want to thank you for making the time for us, Jackie. This is wonderful to be able to catch up and to, to speak with you today. Yeah, same here. Sam. I was looking forward to it. Yeah. There'll be a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> We sure do. And it's interesting because one of the things that we were talking about when we were getting online is where our lives have, have gone since the Citigroup days. And yes. it's been fun to watch your adventure. <laughs> it really has. You know, don't we all, don't we all have an adventure? Yes. It, we sure do. And one of the things that I need to tell the audience is since that time, Jackie has has began her, or begun, whatever the proper word is, uh, a, a company. She is a CEO of something called Compliance Core. And when we met, it was under the auspices of doing audits for a big corporate audits. I know that's not the funnest thing in the world, but just wondering, what, what can you tell us about what you're doing now with Compliance Core? Oh, yes. Uh, Compliance Core, I mean, it's been a journey, right? I mean, I've always really been in, as you mentioned, you know, with, uh, you know, Citigroup. I went from um, audit to, um, I, actually, that's where we met when, when I was in their internal audit uh, area. And then from there, I had gone on to their anti-money laundering to head up, you know, um, a div- in the, one of the anti-money laundering, you know, their divisions as their head of anti-money laundering uh, compliance. And risk management has always really been something, you know, I've always really enjoyed and have been in for, you know, my entire career. Even, even when I was a tax attorney, you know, um, I, I was, it was really working with clients on how, you know, how to optimize their tax you know, profile, you right. know, and how to, you know, and how to kind of like, you know, execute or implement their transactions and not not pay a lot of tax doing it right you know so it's always been some area of kind of risk management you know how do we how do you help them whether it's tax risk or banking risk or aml risk or whatever so you know i and and i've always really it's always been my desire to start my own company it's been my dream since i was a kid you know every every kid has a dream and mine has always been I wanted to start my own company, be independent, and be financially secure on my own. Right. Um, and so, you know, I started a company that does just that. We developed, and then I love technology, right? I, as, as I worked in the various organizations I worked in, I developed a love and a curiosity for technology and right. how it really helps us become efficient and do things in a more, you know, in, in creative manner. And so I started a company that provides uh, technology solutions to risk management. You know, so that's, uh, that's really, you know, that's um, the journey I've kind of like, my, the next chapter in my life, if you want to call it that. And it's not easy, but it is, <laughs> it is a fun chapter. Nothing in life is easy, but no. you stick with it long enough, it turns into something, you know? It does. And matter of fact, talking about not easy. I'm sorry if I, I, I don't know, Gary, it looked like you're going to ask, but I, I had to butt in. You know, no, 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 that's fine. We were talking about not easy. And mm-hmm. I didn't know your background until, when, when I say your background, your youth. Uh, yes. And I didn't realize that you had gone through so many traumatic experiences in order yeah. to get there. And, I, and I'll leave it up to you how deep you want to go in that. But I'm just wondering <laughs> if you wouldn't mind sharing some of those things. Because one of the one another uh, fact about Jackie is that she's an author of a book called Ada's Daughter. Uh, it's on Amazon, but it's it's essentially her story. And I'm just wondering what what can you tell us? How did you? Because you're obvious. You obviously came to New York from from another country. And mm-hmm. just, what can you give give us a background? Did, and I know a lot of the story now, but yeah. I know 
it, it was so neat to hear. Oh gosh, um, where does one begin with that? I mean, um, you know, I mean, I had one of those kind of life that on the outside looking in, people envied, right? Sure. Um, I, in, I grew up in a very, you know, very privileged background in an affluent family. And you would think that uh, in Africa, in Nigeria, right? And, um, you know, and so you would think that, you know, um, that, that, you know, you, you, you get everything you want in life and everything, you know, and success comes with it and all that stuff. And, and I think, you know, um, what people don't get sometimes is like, even though you come from something that may seem from looking on the outside is from privilege and people envy you, yeah. there's nothing to envy at the end of the day. Well, it depends on how you define life, right? For me, life is not defined by, you know, a checkbook you know, and, and money. And to me, there's more to life and happiness than money. Now, that's not to say that money doesn't matter. You know, I mean, we all, we all want money. We have to have a roof over our head. But it's the level of importance that I put, you know, for me, money is a means to an end, right? You know, it's a means to get me somewhere, but not the end in and of itself. And I don't define my happiness by that. You know, so, you know, so growing up uh, for me was, you know, um, there were happy days, there were sad days, you know, I, I grew up from a very abusive, you know, um, household, you know, my mom was the sweetest, sweetest woman you can ever meet, you know, very, very well educated, very demure, very, you know, uh, um, just very elegant, you know, she was an artist. Um, and, you know, growing up, you know, even from the early age of three, you know, I, I grew up uh, being like, almost like wanting to protect her, because that's how long I have seen her being used as a punching bag, oh. right? You know, so um, so whenever you always, I always have to be the one that, you know, and then some days, you know, uh, um, you know, our, our dad will get angry at us or whatever and kick us out of the house. So you never know at the end of the day, you know, this, this house that everybody envied that you lived in, um, you may not, actually, I may not be sleeping in it one night versus the other, depending on his state of mind. Right. And uh, whether he's happy or, or sad. And so that was really my life growing up. And I think as early as the age of 10, I pretty much told myself that this was never going to be me. Right. Mm -hmm. And that I'm never going to be like my mom and that I'm going to grow up and make my own success and not depend on anyone and just be able to depend on myself. And I think, you know, a lot of the things that drive me to succeed uh, came from just having that kind of a background, you know, where um, now, obviously, I didn't view it as a curse. I didn't, you know, I didn't view it as a why me. I mean, it has to be somebody, right? If it's going to happen, it's going to be somebody, you know. So, um, and that's how I've always just really viewed life is one of optimism and one of, you know, take what, what happens to you, to us, right, is really more about our mindset towards it. Yes. And for me, my mindset towards those things was that it drove me to want to succeed, it drove me to um, actually see the good in people. You know, I continue to see the good in people. It drove me to be optimistic about life because, you know, uh, uh, the old cliche that that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, so having gone through very difficult things in my life and find myself succeeding every year, in terms of, you know, my life and I'm breathing, that kind of success kind of thing. You know? <laughs> um, every day you wake up is a day to, to change your story. Yeah. Right. Um, yesterday, I mean, uh, how did I, I think uh, it was um, Jay-Z that put it in one of his songs. He said, um, let the work, let the best of your today be the worst of your tomorrow, something to that effect, you know, where it's like every day is a new day and is a new day to rewrite your story. Right? right. And so that's how I grew up viewing my life, you know, from those, you know, those, those difficulties. And that's what the book was about. And what really inspired me to write it was, it's a story I've been meaning to tell, but never really found that courage to tell it. Yeah. But living in New York in 2008 timeframe where the, you know, with the financial crisis, yeah. and I had a lot of friends that, you know, we all kind of like started our careers together in New York. And, you know, we all lived through that period where everything was booming, right? Yeah. Life was good. Money was there to be had. 
we were in our 30s and we were making crazy money, you know, and living crazy lives. And we had a kitchen for decoration because we ate out every night at a new restaurant because it's just the thing to do, right? right. Um, and, and we all felt that we could, we were, you know, we were going to conquer the world. Like we all were courageous, right? But right. until something, you know, until something challenging happens to you in your life, right? You really don't know how courageous or, or, or uncourageous you are. I don't want to use the word coward, so I'm using uncourageous. You know? <laughs> so, but I don't know if it's a word. You know, I just don't want your listeners writing in and going, uncourageous is not a word. I know it may not be. I'm just using it in, pres- in place of the word coward. But we just really, actually, I think more than uncourageous or coward is st- strong. We don't know how strong we are, right? Until something really, you know, something deep happens to us. And 2008 was that period of time where everywhere you look, people were losing their job. Yes. And, and there was no, and it was, and because, you know, and because there was just so much failure going on in the, in the, in the economy, right. And in the banking infrastructure, it's not one of those things where you can leave one job and immediately go next door and get another. Everybody was out of work. Right. And for the first time, I really saw these friends of mine that were so strong in the, you know, in the face of money and, and all that stuff, all of a sudden were all very were broken. Yes. And I'm looking at them is like, and then, and then they, were, they would get annoyed with me that I'm so optimistic about everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I really think that was really one of the things that propelled me to write the book is, Look, when you actually understand when pe- what people actually go through in their life, this is nothing. No. Right? Yeah. We cannot bounce from this. We cannot look, you know, th- we can use this to as a springboard to actually write the next chapter in our lives, as opposed to cower in fear mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and defeat. This, this should not defeat us. This should be, this should, this should, this should you know, we should find opportunities in this chaos. And a lot of people were not able to get there. And I really think that was the biggest thing that propelled me to write the book. And, um, you know, I'm just going to say one thing and then I'll, I'll shut up for a minute. Oh, oh please. Um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, uh, shortly after I wrote the book, I, I, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, I, I also met at City, I sent it to her, uh, you know, to read. And she didn't read it for a while. And then one weekend, uh, a, f- a few weeks, a few months later, one weekend, she called me up and we're talking. She goes, oh, my God, Jackie, I wish I had actually picked up your book and read it sooner because <laughs> she was going through a divorce and she was feeling sorry for herself. And a lot of different things were happening to her uh, during this dif- divorce period. You know, um, she had to have surgery. And then from the surgery, she wound up with a blood clot like her world was you know, seemingly falling apart, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and, and so she said, you know, I wish I had really read your book sooner because to just read, I mean, I know you now and the Jackie I know is this strong, you know, positive, you know, like always charging forward. Yeah. And as I read your story, I almost wanted to, I wanted to keep asking, I can't, you know, she goes, she kept asking herself, I wonder what became of this person, but it's like, I keep forgetting that. I know what became of you because I know you. <laughs> and so it's like, if you've gone through these things and you're here, yeah. what am I, these things I'm going through. Is like, and, and so, you know, so to that effect, she was just basically saying, it's like, thank you so much for writing this. I wish I had read it sooner because if I had read it, it would have really allowed me or given me that, I would have given myself permission to have adapted a different mindset towards what I was going through. You know, and it's like, you know, that's really the kind of response I wanted to get from people reading that is that it really allowed them to stop feeling sorry for themselves and move forward because life is what it is. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, dear. I know you had something. Oh, no, no. I, uh, no, yeah, Gary's yeah. just like sitting there smiling. <laughs> He's like, what are you smiling? I'm just along <laughs> for the ride. No, but I... I have to say that as soon as we started talking today, you know, you can just tell with some people that there's a lot of depth in their in their story and their history. Um, I'm excited to read your book. What's the name of your book again? It's uh, Ada's daughter. Okay. Ada. Sorry. Ada. Yeah, my, that's Ada. My mom's name is uh, Ada. You know, uh, okay. so Ada's daughter. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out for sure. <laughs> One of the things that, that that keeps kind of striking me is you were telling me brief, you know, telling us briefly about your youth is. 
the math doesn't add up. Yeah. And what, what I mean by that, what I mean by that is most of the time the story is horrible experience equals more horrible experience and yeah. horrible, you know, abuse equals more abuse. And somehow you broke that chain. And I just wondering if you could share with us some of the things that you felt did that for you. How did, how were you able to do that? Cause Man, you, you took a lot of positive away from a very negative experience. Very. Yeah, um, I think one of it, uh, and uh, I mean, when I think back on it, I mean, there is no one answer, but I think it, for me, it was, I think sometimes people who grow up in abusive homes or in, with traumatic experiences, they surround themselves by trauma, uh-huh. in, with trauma. They surround themselves with, that negative environment that they come out of, or you know, or negative people that um, that have gone through that and continue to live in it. Um, I was fortunate, one way or another. I think my my mom has always been a a, a big reader of novels. So, you know, we share even up to when she passed away, we shared novels. Like I would read something and I'll call her up and I'll send her the book. I think, you know, one was that exposure of just reading different. I mean, I, I am a prolific reader. I would read anything you put in front of me. I would read it. I'm also a prolific movie watcher. I would watch any movie you put in front of me in any genre, you know, but I think from what helped me was from reading stories about people that have gone through the same things, right? And so it allowed me to understand that. And from a very young age, I just read, I mean, I would read five, six novels a day. Oh my God. I mean, I'm not joking. I mean, I mean, I would lock myself in my room. I mean, my pun- the, the way, my, the, I mean, usually when children are punished, you know, they give you a time out, you have to go to your room. My parents would pull me out of my room. <laughs> I am not making it up. You know, they they take my books away from me. They they take away my TV. They take away the radio, and they go go meet people, go mingle, go talk to people. You know, <laughs> so I, so I think you know part part of what um, allowed me was really you know I started you know I read so many different books at a young age. I became interested in psychology. So I mean, at the age of ten, I had my mom buy me a psychology book because I wanted to understand my father oh. and why he's doing what he's doing. And so that really allowed me to put things in context. And obviously as a kid, you don't completely put everything in context, right? And I'm not gonna say I didn't have my rebellious youth either, but you know, I, we, we all go through our own you know, um, levels of rebellion, but it was rebellion with a purpose, if you wanna, you know, it wasn't rebellion for, I'm gonna go do drugs because whatever, but it was more, you know, I'm gonna step away from my family and kind of de- begin to define myself, right? Away from my family because I don't wanna be this. Um, so I think, you know, that was very helpful. I also think another thing that maybe when I look at, you know, uh, like my sibling, right? And he is more in the vein of what Gary is saying, you know, uh, um, there's, there's a little bit of that that follows him around, right? Yeah. I think that, you know, I mean, I was 10 years old when my parents sent me to boarding school, right? right? So, and so I think also having that time, and I only saw them like long vacations, and, you know, we call it long vacation in, in Europe and Africa, but it's some, you know, summer holiday here, so having that long vacation, uh, that summer holiday and Christmas was when I spent with them. But nine, you know, nine or so months out of a year, I'm in boarding school with other kids my age, right? So I think, you know, one, being away from that environment right. to being able to develop myself as a person through just reading and exposing myself to other thought process that this is not the only life there is, but there is another life out there. It's the hope. Right. There was an avenue that 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 and I think a lot of times when people when people wind up in this situation where they're not able to extricate themselves from their past is because they don't have that. They don't have that anything that's giving them hope. And for me, reading other books, exposing myself to there is good, there is evil. There is somewhere in between. I exposed myself to all of it. I allowed myself to take it all in and then just begin to reflect on those things. And then I talked to him. I mean, another thing is, you know, while I am a a very shy person, I'm not shy about talking about what I'm going through. 
right? <laughs> so being able to discuss things because I, I, I can't find a solution by myself, right? So being able to talk to other people about what I'm going through allowed me to get different points of view and allowed me to stay balanced because I'm able to hear, you know, um, uh, to hear other people's thought process on it. So I think, I don't think it's just one thing. I think it's just a combination of things, but it's really around exposure and yeah. allowing, you know, allowing myself to experience other things than what is around me. So I don't find myself boxed into the world where I don't see hope. Yes. Right. It's being able to see hope. It's being able to, um, know that is there is being able to mingle with other sorts of people right um that i think really helped me you know um uh, kind of break away from that and i saw that over and over and over again in new york mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I when i first met it was one of those things oh look at who's this gregarious individual that just <laughs> uh, but then uh, uh, when i ran into you over by the uh, the Metropolitan and up in the yeah. Upper East Side over there, it was always something that there, there was a quiet solitude that you always yeah. conveyed. Um, yeah. I ran into you with your son and you could just tell that that, that was not the kind of life that your, your kid went through, even though yes. he was gigantic back then. <laughs> I mean, he still is gigantic, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. One of them, right? One of them. Yes. Yeah. But, no, all, three, all three of them are gigantic. Yeah, my <laughs> oldest son is 6'4", the twin boys are 6'2", and they're big boys, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not big as in, you know, as in, you know, you know what I mean, but like they're, they're just, you know, tall. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they like to work out like I do as well, so, you know. Um, <laughs> Well, but yeah, I mean, you, 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 how do I say this? I like to see the positive in life because there's a lot of negative around us. Yeah. Right. And in my mind, negative for no reason. Right. And so I surround myself with beauty. I surround myself with joy. I surround myself with love. Um, And when, and the way sometimes I surround myself with that is really, you know, my home is like my fortress. Yes. You know, I don't allow people in it very, you know, like I'm very selective about who invites my home because it is like my, my, a place where I'm happy all the time. You know, I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm 52 and I still watch cartoons and what Japanese cartoons, Japanese, you know, cartoon animes, you know, but I do every single day. Sorry. You know, uh, Naruto, you know, I, I, I like things that bring me joy. I watch K dramas, I watch C dramas, you know, that they are flying around and doing their, you know, karate. And, but, but those are the things that bring me joy because, they, <laughs> you know. So I got, I got to ask you, with all that, there's so many people that are going through similar situations that you found yourself in. Mm-hmm. A lot of them will get into the doldrums, me included. And although mm-hmm. it was never as it never is that that deep in that in that regards by any means. Yeah. But what would you suggest mm-hmm. uh, that an individual does as a first step to get out of those doldrums, uh, and and really to get on the path of their own progression, their own self development, so on and so forth. Well, you know. Um... I had a friend of mine that lost his job one time. And, and, and I mean, and I know that there is more to, to scale in terms of what people go through, but this is just one example that's, you know, coming to me. Um, a friend of mine that, you know, lost his job one time. And the very first, even before he told his wife, he called me up. Right. and told me about it. And then he's beating himself up. He's like, you know, I bet you they're doing this to me because I'm Indian and this and that. So, okay, stop right there, <laughs> right? I said, okay, I said, I'm going to give you 24 hours to feel down about yourself. You know, you know, something just happened to you. So, you know, get out of your system, you know, be negative about it, complain, blame your, 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 your skin tone, whatever you need to blame, go for it. You have 24 hours to do that, but call me tomorrow when you're done. Unless, <laughs> let's move forward with getting you another job, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, so to me, that's what I do is, I dwell, I mean, when, you know, when, when I got, when my, um, when I got a call that my mom passed away five, six years, what, six years now, uh-huh. you know, I got a call, my mom passed away. Right. I was sitting, I was at, actually, I was at my doctor's office for a physical and I get the phone call, my mom passed away. 
And then my dad hung up the phone. And as, as I'm hanging up the phone, the doctor is coming in. My doctor is walking into the room. And I'm looking at her. And it just done. And I looked at her and was like, oh, my God, I just got a call. My, my mom passed away. And she goes, oh, my God. So I started crying, right? Right. And I'm crying and she's crying with me <laughs> and she's holding me and we're both crying. She doesn't know my mom. <laughs> so, so we cried and we got it out. And on my way home, I continued crying and I called my friends and I told them. And then I went home and for a week and I locked myself in my house for five days and I cried. Right. And I got it out. I had to go through that. I have to experience. I lost. I just lost my mom. But I allowed myself, I didn't bury my head in work and say, okay, I'm not going to acknowledge that this happened. It happened, yeah. right? And I'm going to see it for what it is. And then once, and then on the fifth day, um, I went back to work. Why? Because I woke up, it's like, I can't cry anymore. Like, <laughs> I had no, no, I'm not joking. I, can't, I kept trying to find a reason to cry. You know, I, I thought about my mom. I brought out her picture. I thought about the good days, the bad days. I was looking for a reason to keep the negativity going and cry some more but it's like my body didn't want to cry anymore so it's like okay well <laughs> I'm gonna go back to work then I'm done you know but I so I tell this story to say that I think the very first step is acknowledge that there is a problem no doubt about it you gotta acknowledge it and you have to allow yourself to grieve um you have to allow yourself to feel down you know, um, but give yourself a period to go through it. Now, there is no period. Different people are different, right? Um, but I think that doing that and then talking to people, you can't live in your head. Yeah. And a lot of us don't, a lot of us are not good at sharing what we're going through, or maybe we don't feel that we can share. Right. Um, whenever I'm going through anything, whatever it is, I usually call it like my five person rule. I call at least five friends and bitch and moan and complain. Oh, excuse, I'm not supposed to curse on the, on the <laughs> but, no, but, but I go through five phone calls where I call, I know it's like, okay, I go through my roller desk, like who can I call and share this story with? I have at least, by the time I get to the fifth person, I don't want to tell the story anymore. It's like, I'm done. Like, you know, this is no longer a problem. You know? <laughs> Um, but to me, it's talking. I find the I find that there is, you know, it's very therapeutic to talk to people about what I'm going through. Yes. Get their mindset because sometimes the way I'm thinking about something, sometimes I'm thinking something and then I share it with someone and they have a different perspective. Yeah. That I don't have. So I talk to people for perspective. Mm. And and so that's you know so so the first thing is acknowledge it. And then my, the second is I share, I talk to people because I want to get different perspective. No perspective is good, bad or anything. I take all of it in and then I reflect on them. Yes. yes. You know, um, and then I, I move on. You have, to keep, you have to keep one foot in front of the, you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta move on. That's perfect. Tomorrow has to come and you have to live tomorrow. Well, I'd say um, one thing is, is your victim mentality does not, exists if it does it's for a very very short time one thing i think that's kind of interesting is it almost seems to me like you took so in your youth you use books as your wave and you said the word exposure and i think that's significant so yeah. the books were your exposure and then you were able to sort out what fit for jackie and what didn't yes. Yes. and now it seems like oh, while well, you still read but now your problems you now use relationships, you now reach yes. out to people. So I, yes. it's kind of interesting that there's a trend there. Um, how, how do the, how does the, the personal aspect work for you as a parent, as opposed to like, well, if I have an issue, I'm going to read a book about it, or I'm going to go talk to someone like. Mm, I guess it's, it's more time now, right? When I was a kid, I had more time to read. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, um, now it's easier to pick up a phone and talk to someone. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then what comes out of it sometimes is they recommend a book that they've read. That's true. Right? So and then I just that book and read it. You know, um, but it's really more of a time factor. I still read, um, you know, um, but I find outlet in just, um, you know, even in, I go for a run. I'm a big runner. I still, you know, I still run six miles a day every day. Oh, um, and it's just a way for me to just get out of my environment 
get out of my, you know, well, I'm still in my head, but, you know, but it's, I'm out there just thinking things through, mm-hmm. you know, and by the time I come home from my run, I've, I've solved my problems, you know, at least I've kind of talked my, you know, I've, I've gone from simmering, you know, I'm, I, this is so annoying to, why was this annoying again? You know, uh, kind of thing. And I really go through that metamorphosis of, you know, I'm really, really angry about this. And then by the end of the day, it's like, I don't even remember what the issue was in the first place because I've just, you know, I, I live it, I go through it, I talk through it. I try to gain perspective, but I still do read, you know, um, I love to, you know, another thing we did when I was a kid was travel, right? You know, we traveled every summer, um, Asia, Europe, you know, uh, America, America was a big stomping ground for my, for my dad because he had business partners in the US. Um, so those summer vacations where we traveled to somewhere else and I got to see other cultures and I got to see other kids. I think the, all those things gave me hope that there is a world outside of my own four corners of the issues I'm going through. That's and another, a- it's a big thing. And another thing I do is I like solving people's problems. I think that's probably why I'm in the field I'm in. I'm a solution, you know, I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm a solution provider. Right. I, rather than focus on my problems, I find other people that are going through and I'm going through to help them work through their problems. So I don't dwell on mine. And by helping them work through their problems, I'm working through mine because I'm reflecting on how this is similar to yeah. mine or how theirs is bigger than my issue and why is it, why am I belly aching for? <laughs> it's like, it's how that works, right? Exactly. It's like, you know, Jackie, your issue is a you know, first world problem. This person is going through a real issue here, you know? And, and, and next thing you know, I forget that I have an issue because I'm consoling somebody else through their own problems. Uh-huh. You know, so, um, so it, it's just different, different, I wouldn't even call it mechanisms, but it's just different outlets that I've allowed myself, you know, to, rather than dwelling on my own problems, I reach out to other people as well. Love it. Jack, that's fantastic because it is so natural when problems are coming to revert into oneself and the best problem solver is really reaching out, developing self, easier said than done, no doubt about it. But I think you're a testimony of that very thing. You just get out of the doldrums by meeting people and continue to grow and develop, right? Exactly. I mean, I remember uh, we were, uh, we were um, I was in uh, Peru. I went to, I did the Inca Trail. Uh, oh. I went to Peru to do the Inca Trail. And then we went to um, Iquitos, the jungle for, you know, for, for a long weekend uh, before, before uh, flying back out to New York. And when we got on the plane, this plane was like really tiny. And as well, like getting close to, uh, you know, to, to Iquitos, it was like shaking so bad. Yeah. And this lady sitting next to me was like waking out like crazy. I mean, she was, you know, besides herself, but I was also beside myself, right? I was, I was scared, but I focused all my energy on calming her down oh. to where I didn't even remember that I was scared. Wow. Right? I was calming her down. It's like, it's going to be okay. Everything is going to work out. Um, nothing is going to happen to us. Just hang in there. I was so very immersed in helping this woman out, not be afraid to where I forgot that I was afraid. And then next thing you know, we landed. That's awesome. You know, and so that's how I deal with, you know, um, and then, you know, we had another situation one time in New York. I was coming back from work. This was when I was working on Wall Street, yeah, you know, on, on Wall Street for a law firm. And on the way back this one evening, our train derailed. Wow. So basically, I mean, the train derailed and we were, you know, um, it was really awful. Like we were stuck underground for, I think, about four hours, right? And when this happened, like it sparked fire. In fact, the train, the car I was in sparked fire for a second. Oh, man. And the, when the police came, yeah. It wasn't something impacted your travels. You were on it. No, I was on it. I was in it. I was, it was my car. My specific car broke off from the other cars. Yes. Right? <laughs> and, and it sparked fire for a minute. The, the, when the police actually came and they finally you know, got us out of the train, um, they said that if this had been an overground, uh, the one that's overground, right, it would have we would have fallen off the bridge. Oh my because god! Because the, the car just you know just kind of completely decoupled, and wow. so when when this happened, this was like rush hour, 
everybody, kids, older people, young people, young adults like myself, we were, we were all in the train. Right. And when this happened, people started to run. Oh. You've been in New York, in New York subway, you know, the, the, the train, you know, the train. I mean, there's a, there's a door, that door, how many people will fit in there? And then you're jumping onto another car. <laughs> so, 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 you know, so this stuff happened and everybody started to like panic and get up to run towards the door. And my initial reaction was I jumped out, right? To right. run. And then I looked around me, there were old people, there were young people, there were all these people panicking. And for some reason, I found calm in that. Yeah. I calmed down and I stood where I was because my thing is, I want, you know, if these older people and especially the kids start running, they're going to get trampled. Yes. So my, my, my entire outlook in that chaos was the kids. I want to help them. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to. And all of a sudden I forgot there was a problem going on with me. Like I was outside of myself looking to help somebody else. And that's how I kind of approach things is, you know, focus on helping other people it helps me get through it help it helps remove my mind from the situation right 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 and the more the more i help somebody else gain perspective i'm also gaining perspective oh no doubt that's fantastic right. that i that's, had uh, jackie pardon? i had no idea you were on that train you know uh, but, but, you know, we, we're all, you know, we're, we're all, um, how do you say, we all encounter things every day in our journey, right? That's, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it can be a train, it can be on the, on the plane, it can be anywhere, you know, um, we all encounter things. And, you know, uh, there's this, you know, quote I read one time, and I'm sure you guys have, a, you know, it's like, I think they said that life is 90%, you know, 10% what happens to us and 90% how we respond to it. Yes. You know, and, and that I try to apply that in my everyday, right? Is the 90% has got to be positive, yeah. right? Because what's happened happened already. I can't change it. So I, I have to change my attitude towards it or it will swallow me up alive. That is cool. one step. You got to keep moving forward. Totally. Totally. You know, so, yeah. You, you've gone through all kinds of things from trauma. Uh, to realization of how to overcome and progress uh, out, mm -hmm. of, uh, out of those so-called doldrums. I'm just wondering what you would tell anyone that was thinking about doing their own thing, like what you're doing with, uh, with core compliance there. You've always mm -hmm. been an adventure nut, but just what would you tell somebody that's just wanting to put their, put, you know, dip their foot in the waters of entrepreneurialism? Dip. <laughs> just go for it i mean um it's not easy mm -hmm. right um but i think you know you 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 ask yourself you know because for me i mean i wake up every day and honestly i mean it's a journey right every day i wake up i ask myself do you want to do you want to be doing this and then i ask myself what's the alternative right yeah you know and the alternative i have two choices well three Stop working and go be a burden to my kids. You know, moving to a better Not an option. I'm way too young for that. Um, you know, to, so, you know, I think after a while, they may actually even kick me out. It's like, mom, you know, you're way too healthy. You know, go away. You know? Um, to go work for somebody else, I'm not feeling it. Um, you know, I, it's not something you know, I've, I've done that. It's not what I want to do. Three, you know, I want to do my own thing. So every day I wake up, I have to find a way to keep moving it forward, right? So, um, so I would say anyone, you know, first, you know, if it's really something you want to do, um, recognize that it's not easy. But if you, but for me, you know, um, what I do, I don't even consider work. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I was, I was, I, you know, I mean, I'm generally in a, in awake till like one, two in the morning. And I was talking to a friend of mine uh, a couple of days ago. And it's like, I was up to like, I was like texting him uh, at like three, three thirty in the morning. I was responding to an email, you know, something he sent me. And he goes, um, so when did you get up after that? And I go, I, she, he goes, did you still get up to go for a run? Like you said, you would have said, yeah. He goes, so you mean you only got four hours of sleep? I go, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes, are you okay? It's like, it's like, I don't even feel anything. Like, I mean, because what I do is not work. 
Yes. Right. I, I'm doing what I love. So it's not work. I'm just so excited, you know, uh, doing it. So for anyone that's really interested in doing it, you know, uh, I would say, honestly, it's an adventure. I mean, if it doesn't work out, go back and do something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think um, one of the movies I was watching one time, this uh, uh, there's this quote in there. I think uh, he said, um, only a fool admits defeat before they even try. <laughs> So, you know, so to me, I don't know if I'll succeed or fail, but so long, you don't fail if you keep going, right? Failure only comes when you give up, Yeah. right? So um, you keep pivoting, you know, you, you, you try one thing, you know, and there are many books on it, right? The, the lean, you know, the lean startup and all those things, you, you, you go out, you try one thing, it's not working, you pivot. Right, you 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 ask yourself, okay, but I mean, not just pivot, but for pivot's sake, right? You, I, I'm always asking myself, have I done everything that I can? Always, right. that's my motto. You know, in everything I do, I ask myself, have you done all that you can? Right. Is there something? Is there any stone you have left unturned? If there is, I go and turn it. Yeah. If there isn't, it's like, okay, so you've, over, you've, you've turned over every stone. This one didn't work. How can you pivot? Like, where, you know, how, what, what else should you be doing, right? And so that's, that's really, you know, uh, but there's no really other way to do it than just to do it. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, um, dive in, give it a shot. Um, I had a friend of mine that was thinking in that direction. I said, look, what have you got to lose? That's it. You know, um, you have nothing to lose, but, you know, give it a shot. And, but I think sometimes what gets in our way is pride. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm not a very prideful person. You know, um, I'm confident in, in, in what I know and what I don't know. I'm just as confident in my strength as I am in my weaknesses. Uh, or in my weaknesses I, as I am in my strengths. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And I'm very clear, very, very clear on what those things are. Um, I don't apologize for them, right? Yeah. And I just keep moving forward. If you're going to laugh at me for trying, so be it. I mean, that's your loss, not mine, you know? But I will keep putting one foot in front of the other. And if my spirit wills it, I do it. That's awesome. That's, that's it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I would tell people. Just, you know, um, if you want to give it a shot, give it a shot. And if it doesn't work out, then go back, you know, there's always an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. There always is an opportunity. There is, there truly yeah. is. Yeah, who was, it was uh, one of the folks, actually it was brothers, they started their own restaurant and they, they uh, had a list of 10 things that said, if we don't do it, then we'll just go back to bus driving. Exactly, Yeah. exactly. You know, they there's got someone always hiring. Yeah, they got to number three, and it just happened to be one of the best chain restaurants. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But I think, you know, fear of failure, yeah. but to me, fear of failure comes from being prideful. Yeah, yeah. It's ego. We, we let our ego get in the way. You know, it's like, if you're willing to laugh at yourself, yeah. and you don't care if people laugh at you, I mean, what is failure? Failure is when you stop. Yeah. But if you keep going, and you keep going, honestly... <laughs> One of those we pan out, just don't give up, you know? And then tell about it. I mean, I tell stories all the time, you know, and people are looking at me as like, you know, why, you know, it's like, don't you feel, uh, you know, like embarrassed? And I go, why should I be embarrassed? It's my story. It's not yours, right? You know, if it embarrasses you, don't listen, but I'm not embarrassed. It's, it's I, I, this didn't work out and I pivoted and I'm trying something else and whatever. But the funny thing is, you know, then people envy your story sometimes because it's like, you know, oh, you did it, right? But you can do it too. That's it. That's right? it. You know, I have think a dream and go for it. It is your story. It's not exactly. else's story. Exactly. You know, and if you don't write it, somebody else will write it for you. But <laughs> every day you wake up is you, you have to keep moving forward, you know, or you're stuck. And I don't like feeling stuck. I don't like feeling stuck. I like, you know, every day is a day that I, something, you know, I have to accomplish something. You know, uh, I, I love, I love goals, right? Yes. Objectives, yeah. things that keep, keep me waking up every day, you know, and doing stuff. So. Love it. 
This yeah. is fun stuff. And poor, poor Gary. I gotta, I gotta fill you in something on Gary. He's, he's, uh, he, he's uh, not usually as quiet. But how come, Gary? You know, why are you being so quiet with me? I'll let, he has a little trial that he can. He kind of. Oh, oh no, we got. I've just, I've just been sick here for a while. So. Oh, I'm so. But sorry. I didn't. I wasn't gonna make this for the world. The only thing that can make me better is if you answer three questions. Okay. Favorite book, important mentor, and favorite movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> favorite book. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a difficult one. Because I read a lot of books, so it's hard for me to pick a favorite book. Oh, just for but today. Okay. One, one that comes to mind. But uh gosh, um one that comes to mind, well, I'll say Harry Potter. <laughs> That's fair enough. If I have to put, if I, so, so Harry Potter is one of those books that I picked. Actually, my boss, when I was at, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, when I worked at the law firm, she, he was the, um, the partner, the, the tax partner of our group, you know, um, the, the head partner, and he loved Harry Potter. And I never read the Harry Potter books because I thought they were just like, you know, children books. I'm not going to read it, right? Right. And he, so he brought me, he brought his copy to work for me. He brought the three first volumes. And I got home that day and I opened up the very first one. And oh my God, I couldn't <laughs> put it down. <laughs> uh, I could not, I would come to work, right? I'm supposed to be reading my tax code because I have my own office. So I would put the Harry Potter book in the middle of my tax code and I hold it up and I'm reading it. <laughs> I'm telling on myself here. That's how obsessed I became with that book. So I guess, you know, I mean, I, I think the, 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 the whole book by Simon, you know, Simon Sinek. Yeah. Simon Sinek, yeah. But I, I can't, one doesn't, one doesn't specifically come to mind now. So, I, I, but if, if I have to pick, I would say, you know, in, in that particular genre, I would say it's Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, favorite movie, I would say it's Nirvana and Fire. It is a Chinese drama. It's a, it's a Chinese movie. Wow. Okay. And this is a, it's not a, it's a drama. So, I mean, like 50 something, you know, 50 something episodes, right? Wow. Like, like any C drama, or K, you know, where K dramas are better. C dramas, you start watching them, it's like, the K dramas are like 60, 12 to 16 episodes and you're done, you know? Right. The Chinese go on and they're <laughs> one hour long. <laughs> awesome. I love them, you know? But I would say Nirvana and Fire is like one of my all-time favorite, um, you know, dramas uh, or TV, you know, shows. I love to watch it. Like um, it. And then my mentor, um, you know, I would say that, oh gosh, who, who is my mentor? Now, define mentor where you say mentor. Is it just mentor in terms of like however you like books? Yeah. How, no, however you want to look at it. It just seems like so many times with people that, are successful and it overcome a lot of trials have mm -hmm. a person or persons that they tend to reach out to, you know, that basically kind of gave them the affirmation of you can do this. Yeah. You got this. And, and here's I how I can really, help. I haven't had anyone like that, that I reach out later, but I would say that my biggest mentor is actually in terms of my attitude towards life. It's probably my mom. That's a good, um, yeah. Because no matter what she's going through, she danced and she sang. Yeah. She would just sing and dance and smile all the time. And I think I got that from her that no matter what's going on, um, I can I can I can smile through it, you know, and 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 see the positive and don't let it bring me down. Um, so so I would say that my, you know, if I have to just like pick a mentor in that regard. Uh, but there is one person I think now uh, she may be the chief risk officer at uh, Wells at Wells Fargo. You know, but I met her at uh, SunTrust when I was at SunTrust here in Atlanta. Um, you know, um, her name is Ellen Cobbler. I would say, in terms of like mentors, you know, uh, from a professional perspective, she's someone that I look up to. That's you know, she's a very strong, positive, driven. Right, you know, and she just keeps moving forward. Now, obviously, I don't know her life story or much about her. You know, ours was always a professional relationship, okay. uh, but she was just someone that I looked up to in, in terms of just her drive and, you know, her, um, and she's also, you know, a champion of women. And, every, you know, 
a lot of people in general, she just cares like, you know, she's a, that kind of person that cares about people and wants to help people move forward. And I like that, you know, that people that are successful, are not, people that are successful, that are not stuck in themselves, but, you know, help people in, and, you know, she became someone that I really looked up to and respected in that regard. Sounds like a future Stoke Meter uh, interview there. <laughs> like she's very, be, be very interesting to talk to. I think, I think she would be, I really do think she would be, you know, uh, in the, in the, what, uh, six or so years I've known her when I, since I moved to Atlanta, uh -huh. um, you know, uh, and encountered her, I mean, she's been like a very positive, you know, as someone that I look up positively, you know, and I'm not one that really, I mean, I like and respect people generally, but I, I can't say that there's a lot of people I generally look up to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but she, she embodies a lot of positive things I like to see in people. And, um, and she is also very helpful to people and bring people along with her, you know, and I, I've always just admired and respected her for that. I love it. Nice. Great. Jackie, you're, you, you're awesome. Thank you for spending the time with us. This has been. You know, thanks for having me on. I really, uh, I enjoyed it, you know, so, yeah. um, I don't, you know, I never know if there's a right or wrong answer to like, you know, your, your favorite oh. mentor, your favorite book, your favorite. <laughs> no, that's, that's <laughs> remember, remember, this is your yeah. story. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I bury, I bury myself in things that, that I, like I said, that are entertaining, you know, like things that are, how do you say, not too much, um, you know, it doesn't require a lot of mental gymnastics because, you know, we spend all day going through that whole mental gymnastics and we're constantly balancing and rebalancing, it, right? It's so, so tough. So I like to unwind from it and, you know, uh, and I also like to learn languages. So I watch a lot of foreign shows to, you know, pick up culture and language and all that. That's awesome. Well, I think the, the message to be taken is to constantly learn, constantly yeah. meet people and yes. come. So, yes, for me, that's what works. Well, Jackie, thank you again. And I, I am looking forward to hearing what your next adventures are. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And you both of you are on an adventure as well. And, uh, you know, I'll keep watching to see, you know, <laughs> uh, what next adventures you have as well. But really, this has been excellent. I have enjoyed myself. Well, thank you. And we will be talking to you very soon yet again, okay? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks for having me on.